when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My name's Jason Fleming. The More Than My Past podcast will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, the podcast that drills down into TV's The One Show, only to find nothing of value, so the mine closes and the community is devastated. This is part two of this week's edition, so if you'd like it to make any kind of sense, Please, please, please do feel free to go back and listen to part one first. Joining me this week, Mark Haynes and Charlie George. Shall we talk about Tuesday's episode? Amazing. Brian May made an actual guest appearance, of course. They were interviewing Anita Dobson, but she made Brian May lean into her Zoom shot, aspect ratio again, and uh, and uh, convince everybody, because he's been quite ill, hasn't he, I think? Didn't he hurt his back or he something? He tore oh, a muscle yeah. in his yeah. <laughs> I thought it was something serious. I thought, oh, he, it's just weird that he's leaning in and being like, I'm still alive. I survived the cancer, but it's not even that. No, no. He's, he, he, he ripped his bum a new one, is what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you, Anita. Um, but and, and before we get stuck into EastEnders, we've got to ask, because we know Brian, lovely Brian, hasn't been very well of late. How is he doing? Is he better? He is doing very well. In Wonderful. fact, he's right here. Oh, let's so, see him, let's see him. Get him in. He's doing very well. He's turned the corner. Oh, yes, Yes. Both looking Wonderful. very well as always, aren't you? John, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw this out here. I am desperately trying to think of a Queen song. Fat Bottom Girls, but I couldn't get anything out of it. Um, Fat Bottom Girls, um We will uh, We will blank you. Like blank yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Brian May was gardening the other week and when he bent over he injured his Blank, right? <laughs> no, that's just arse. I Maybe his arse that. wanted to break free. I don't know. Yeah, that would not bad. That's, yeah. get, that's getting there. It would be better when, if it had a gardening term in it, but I don't really know any gardening terms. I don't have a garden, so... <laughs> yeah. When I when it happened, um, I I tweeted the, the, the news headline out about it and just put, he fought the lawn 
and the lawn won. And then it just got, which was all right, but as everyone pointed out, that doesn't work. It's not a Queen song. And I didn't right. know that was the rules at first. Yeah, you can't, fine. You can't just, fine. You can't just go, he's a musician, so all music <laughs> all, will do. All music counts. No, not at all. What are you, some kind of DJ? <laughs> <laughs> That's like someone requesting. They're just like, oh, I want that song by Queen. And then you just play Clash. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is, I mean, look, let's face it, that is the dream when you book an Eater Dobson in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I wonder if Brian May will pop in as well. Yeah. That will be he could cool. have at least shown us his arse. That would have been, uh, <laughs> look, it's on the mend. Oh, God, it's in ribbons. Brian! <laughs> I didn't even know that they were married. You know, I did a bit of a Wikipedia on her because I can't, like, I have heard about her infamous EastEnders episode, so my family have always been big EastEnders watchers, but we kind of watched around the cats later years. So... I didn't really know it and I googled her and I was like oh my god because they're quite like a hot older couple aren't they I mean that in a non-creepy way if that's possible but like <laughs> do you know what they seem they seem unbelievably lovely the two of them there's I mean I think Brian May's always seemed like you know a, a really nice down to earth the fact he loves wildlife really you know he's like Chris Packham with a guitar fantastic yeah. well and he's then, also he's also an astronomer isn't he he's, a, he's yeah. got a PhD in astronomy and he's also really oh, yeah. into stereoscope slides from like the Victorian era. He's just, all of it, everything about that is non-threatening to me and that makes me like him. And then he's got Anita Dobson who is a great actress but is, I mean, there is a slight thing of just because you're a former EastEnders actress, they do, people do sort of think it's not real acting, is it? You know, and she's just, I don't know, you sort of go, wow, she's, it makes you realise she's an artist in her own right. And when you see the two of them together, you just sort of go, they might be the coolest couple of their age. They were super cool. And, like, she just casually dropped in of, like, oh, yeah, I was trying to learn my lines, but, you know, I was at Freddie Mercury's party. (laughs) And I remember going out the night before to a party um, and thinking, I should go home, I should go home and check, I know my lines, you know. Um, Sorry, can I just say, you're being being very nice here and not name-dropping, but we all know that was Freddie Mercury's party, yeah? It was Freddie Mercury's party. Freddie Mercury's party. Let's let's not leave that out. (laughs) Just astonishing. Astonishing. Do they not discuss that kind of thing with the guests? Because I really enjoyed a lot of what she was saying. Like, I found it really interesting, but maybe because I'm naive about TV in that sense, I was just like, oh, she's just this actress talking about, like... It was like I liked how she spoke about the mechanics of them like doing that incredible scene, and I I think she like you know that was like the peak of EastEnders, right? So she really was like getting fully into the character, and the fact that they ad libbed loads of stuff and dissecting that whole kind of scene was really interesting to me. We started and we knew each other so well; it was almost symbiotic. So he used to say to me, "Your mouth shuts, mine opens. My mouth shuts, yours opens," and it was true. You would never know if anything went wrong, if we tried. Always one of us would pick the other one up. And that's what it happened in that two-hander. We did the producer's run and the script writer was standing there with the script, smiling, beaming happily. And I thought, we're doing well. And then she looked at the script and frowned and looked at it again. Wow. <laughs> we could have run with but it. But it was like, would they not talk to the guests and say, like, there's going to do a clip? Because it didn't look like that when there was... um or the sports lady who kept smiling for ages at the Sue end. Sue Barker, yeah. Sue yeah. Barker, yeah. It looks yeah. like they don't chat to the guests about what's going to happen at all. Uh, do you know what? I think you're really onto something there because I, I, I like with the Black Eyed Peas and like with uh, Esther Ranson, they all treated it almost like they were going, well, you know, we're just having a chat with these people we've not met before, but then we'll have the real interview, surely. And it was just like a big splurge of stuff. And you expect them to go, OK, well, yeah, well, we're with you in three and then we'll go live. And everyone seemed to treat it like it was 
a dress rehearsal. They weren't particularly listening to what was going on and just going, I better get everything out and then they'll choose yeah. what they want. Oh, it's been out on television. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out whether or not it was down to... Because Alex is normally better at at it, at keeping it on track. And I wondered if she wasn't pissed again. Because (laughs) at the beginning of the show, uh, she couldn't say, stay safe. No. uh, At all. Well, we'll be asking paediatrician Dr Ramsh how he can still stay safe. I knew... See? It's like, she shall, she shall. How you can still stay safe. But it's hardly a tongue twister, is it? But she made out like it was. And also that poor doctor who just clearly been rolled out to say everything's fine is just smiling. Like, I'm just... I was waiting for that moment. That was like an anticipation build-up of the episode where you're like, when are they... When is he going to say his piece? Like, when is that going to happen? Yeah. I I mean, she, she tried to sort of say, look, it's a difficult thing to say. Stay safe. She said it's a little bit like when you have to... And the old tongue twister of she sells seashells and she didn't get I don't think one word of that right so she's like it's a bit like shush 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 it's like she shush she shells where's my wine I, I know a good way to explain how difficult this is to say I'll say something even harder no did not work did not fly <laughs> Yeah. And then there was um, a film about a drive-in cinema in Ireland, which the one show chose to put out on the very day it was announced that ordinary cinemas could open again. Yeah, And right. it's like, we've got it, we have to use it. Do you Just, know, the thing uh, that made me laugh so much about this is the film they chose was, was Grease. And the drive-in itself was in front of the cranes where the Titanic was built. My name is Cormac O'Kane. A few friends and I have got together to create the first really big lockdown drive-in cinema event. Tomorrow night, we're having a screening of one of my favourite all-time films, Grease. We have the perfect outdoor space to show it, right in front of the famous Harland and Wolf cranes where the Titanic was built. Would it have made more sense? to show the film Titanic where the Titanic was built instead of Greece and nobody referenced it. Well, Chris Ramsey going. tried, Chris Ramsey joke, made a joke about it, didn't he? Oh, did the he? On the way, yes, he did. On the way in, he said it's where the Harland, is it Harland and Wolf or something? Their, their cranes are and it's where the Titanic was built. So the film they've chosen is Greece. Oh, so he did try to make a little yeah. joke. I entirely missed that, but now I yeah. think I, now I think Chris Ramsey is genuinely funny. And in Belfast, a group of mates have set up a massive screen to do a drive-in cinema at the actual dock where the actual Titanic was built. Right. So it was obvious what they picked for their first film. Greece. I've, I, over the years, I've worked with Chris Ramsey a number of times, and he is absolutely 100% exactly the same behind the scenes as he is in front of the cameras. He's such a nice guy. He was really quick, right? Like, he was super fast. But I, I thought that they did it by the Titanic because it was like a metaphor for people who put stocks and shares in drive through cinemas. Like, you know, we're all sunk now because Boris Johnson said it's fine. I wish I hadn't invested my whole life in drive through Like, Yeah, they hadn't got yeah. much of a run. Just as they open drive, drive-in cinemas and drive-in comedy gigs, of course, yeah. the thing now, which they were talking about. But but just as they did that, yeah, cinemas can open. You can imagine the production meeting. And we've got this brilliant film we've done in Ireland where these guys have put on this drive-in cinema because that's the only way to go to the cinema now. And the very day it's scheduled to put out on the one show was, was that day. And they had to sort of represent it going... Uh, one of the other things that you can do from the 4th of July is go to the cinema. But if you can't wait until then, well, there's always the drive-in. Oh. 
And then people they were interviewing who just liked dressing up as characters from the film Grease, but who didn't know the film Grease at no. all. We've also put out for people to come in fancy dress. There were two things here. One, the people they chose to interview. There were a couple who seemed to own a tattoo parlour um, called Gary's Tattoos or something. They were called Gary and Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. And I'm Gary. And we cannot wait to go to our very first drive-in movie tonight. And they started singing Grease Lightning, but then sort of gave up after the words Grease Lightning and admitted they didn't know the words to it. <laughs> go Grease Lightning. Da, 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 da. But they don't even know the words. They don't even know the words. And then there was a mum and a daughter who got very dressed up for it and very excited. I'm Maria, and I'm really excited to go see Grease today. I'm Elaine, and I'm also really excited to be going to see Grease with my family. Can't wait. I, I like the fact that quite a lot of the, uh, the video itself as well was people giving you a review of Greece. Oh my goodness, that was amazing, Ray. What did you think it of that? absolutely incredible. I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> we've seen Greece. We don't need people going, that's really good. I re- it's a very good film. It was Greece. We've all seen it. I Move think on. Chris Ramsey made a joke, didn't he? About like clearly none of these people have um, have it on DVD. Like <laughs> I don't think any of them have got uh, Greece at home on DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They were all so excited, like they were literally screaming. I was like, have these these people have been inside too long? Like, yeah. and it made the whole drive-through thing the fact that it's not going to happen anymore just even sadder. Like it was just like wow. They also they, when they showed the sh- the shot sort of from the drone above so you could see all the cars fanned out you suddenly realise there's about maybe 10 cars who have got as good a view as you get at home in front of your telly and the others are all at a funny angle and there were some cars I was looking at I was thinking that is what is it 30 quid or something to get in there yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and just yeah. sit there and basically it, it's a bit like being on a plane and watching the film through the headrest bit of the person <laughs> in front of you but two along that is great wonderful at least you can look at the machine that built the Titanic what I could work out was where the film had come from because it was a film narrated by the guy who had organised the mm. open air cinema so had they messaged the one show saying we're doing this do you want to film it? Or was it a case of, you know, research for the one show had seen it as we think happens sometimes in local newspapers and but just got why, in touch with them? Why let a man who's a private businessman running this thing onto the BBC and doing his own voiceover? Sold out really fast, like Grease Lightning. We could have fitted 450 cars, but in the end we decided to go for 300 cars so that we would have lots of space for people maintaining their social distance. We've got some work to do, and hopefully we'll have everything ready in time. We're, we're nearly there. I, 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 it's, not, it's not how it works. You don't ring up and go, I've got this good business idea. Can I come on BBC One and just just do a, you know, um, a, a criticism-free critique of my own thing? You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the fact, the fact that you're not putting on Titanic makes me think that you could probably use a bit of help in promoting this. <laughs> it's an obvious thing to do. Anything but Greece. You're not even in Greece, you're in Ireland. It doesn't even work. <laughs> We're actually going to be doing the next, uh, the, the one, oh, I can never say the name of the thing right. I'm going to oh, have a all right, go. Alex Jones, come on then. <laughs> We're actually going to be doing the next Titos live show uh, in front of the machinery that they use to build the My Dad Wrote a Porno podcast. So, so this guy's bankrolling it. We're going to go on BBC One and announce it. <laughs>
Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You mentioned Sue Barker, Charlie, who uh, was on to promote a programme about Wimbledon that's on instead of Wimbledon. But the... Sometimes the one show have this habit of really not connecting with the audience that watch the one show. They do it sometimes when Chris Packham is in his garden, which appears to be uh, hundreds of acres of the National Forest. And they say, it's beautiful, it's a lockdown, get outside and go for a walk. You know, people are trapped in houses without gardens and they can't do what you're doing. And then, so they had, apparently on a previous episode, they'd got Andy Murray uh, to, to... knock some tennis balls into a wheelie bin and he'd failed to do any of it. And we had um, him and his brother Jamie on the show on Friday. Now, this is the thing. He may have won Wimbledon, (laughs) but he's very bad at the wheelie bin challenge. (laughs) Because this is a challenge that's been online and stuff and you've just got to try and get as many tennis balls into the wheelie bin from 25 feet away. So they'd got Sue Barker to do it and, and, and they just said... Nonchalantly, oh, so you've got to be 25 feet away from a wheelie bin uh, and get your tennis balls in. And you're thinking, right, most people watching the one show's interaction with wheelie bins are because they're at the bottom of the stairwell of their block of flats or high-rise building. Right, They haven't got 25 feet of garden to knock some tennis balls in. You're just rubbing the lockdown into their faces. I love how Alex was like proper trash-talking like Andy Murray, who's like a winner of Wimbledon. She's just like, and he couldn't even throw it in the wheelie like that's the same skill set like at all so Andy scored zero zero 
Wimbledon champions. Yeah. Also, I love that when they did like do the shot of Sue Barker in her gut, like where does she live? Hampton Court Palace? Like, <laughs> like these hedgerows. And then I was just like, what is happening? Like, and we stitched you up on, a bit, Jamie. Sue. And we decided yeah. it might be fun if you gave it a go. And luckily, you agreed. <laughs> are, are you not going to mention the fact that her house looks like the interior of a pub from the 1920s with all the wooden beams? She's sitting there. She's the only person in the world who's still got one of those like brass bed warmers. And she's, and she's chosen to display it. Absolutely mad! It was. It was like you know pubs that the th- pubs that you go to that have bought a job lot of stuff from a pub decorated totally. warehouse, brass things, and you've just stuck them on you, the wall. You've bought yeah. it by the foot. You've bought <laughs> three feet of pub furnishings. Twenty-five feet of of bed warmer, please. And the other amazing thing is, who'd have thought that Sue Barker doesn't own a tennis racket? I've got my excuses though. This is not my racket, and I've got no tennis balls. These are my dog toys. Right. How, how into tennis are you really, Sue, if you don't have a tennis racket and have to get one off a mate? Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I loved her but, intensity as a person, though. Because she was kept on the screen for ages afterwards, I felt like we got a window into her and her professionalism. Like, I imagine her just having that frozen, smiley face, just as she float like a floating head of that level of intensity. I'm like, and just in her mind, it's just people doing rallies. Mentioned the um, the, the uh, Novak Djokovic um, tournament where everyone got uh, COVID. I don't know if you that was on the, uh, the news, and, and they were very careful not not to sort of go. I mean, it's hilarious, isn't it? Because it is hilarious. <laughs> now, Novak Djokovic is a big anti-vaxer, and he put this tournament on against all advice because I believe his wife. Uh, is under the impression that 5G causes COVID. She's one of the, the big sort of famous people who pushes that theory. So, I mean, I, there's a, you know, it's, there, sometimes things happen. And I was thinking to myself, it's almost like you'd go, oh, yeah, there is a god. And you go, no, there isn't a god. What there is, is there is a virus. It's, it, it was, it was, it's not like a, 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 an ironic twist that they all got COVID. They got COVID because there is, there's a virus. Yeah, and so. you catch it by mixing with people at tennis tournaments, for example. But it was yeah. like or that hysterical Chapman. laughter when you realise it's just like, ha, 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 oh no, we've done something. <laughs> like, that's what they were kind of doing about it. That, like, the laugh was very specific. It was just like, <laughs> weird. They were in nightclubs, they were playing football, playing basketball together shaking hands and and uh, well i'll do it that's clear up that mystery (laughs) (laughs) the other thing they didn't mention which was quite a shame because anita dobson was giving us a good insight into eastenders and the making of it and acting with leslie grantham we like anita we've decided that but she was a very first name user without any context i thought so we got she just said well leslie and i now okay you think all right that's leslie grantham you're acting with him no mention of leslie grantham's webcam incident of course i noticed (laughs) which uh, you know given that she was on a Zoom screen. They could have. There was an easy in there. Yeah. Do you know this story, Charlie? What? No. What is this webcam? It's, is it more horrible men stuff? Yes. I mean, Google it by all means. But basically, uh, I think Leslie Grantham was in a dressing room at a theatre. Yeah. Having some. I, don't, I, well, I presume consensual webcam intercourse with, with someone, but he was filming it or something. And anyway, the, the footage of him sucking his own fingers and so on became a sort of newspaper tabloid front page image. Was he masturbating into the well, webcam? Well, I, I think, I think what, what it was, was it was the Sunday People. I think it possibly was a setup 
so that the person talking on the other end was a journalist, which he didn't know. The important thing is, he did the, the, the still of him, which was the front page of the Sunday People. He just had his finger in his mouth, and it just, it was so gross and weird. But you, what you <laughs> forgot is, while he was doing that, he was also dressed up as Captain Hook, because it was a panto. So, I mean, you talk about all these things coming together in a weird way. Had he just been on a webcam, you know, messing about, probably, you know, it's one of those stories, but with a finger in the mouth and also the fact that he was dressed as Captain Hook, that becomes something transcendently great. That is insane. <laughs> that is like the ultimate pantomime crime, isn't it? But it's but it's so, yeah. like, uh, like baller to do that in the dressing room when you're, yeah. like, in a mainstream <laughs> theatre. It's just like, oh, now is the time that I will have my sex video call. <laughs> like... Just between between like rehearsals or whatever, it's like I'll just take a break and yeah, start yeah. putting my fingers in my mouth. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. I was probably wrong about the masturbating because if he had his finger in his mouth, the other hand presumably was a hook, so that would have been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, but they, but again, it didn't get mentioned, even though Anita Dobson's on a webcam. It's like, oh, the last time we saw Leslie, he was on a webcam like this. No, no, Chris Ramsey, it was an easy goal, and you didn't. What would have been better if she, is if um if she remembered. It and then just started putting her fingers in her mouth without saying anything. Or just reaching over to Brian May and getting his finger and just shoving that. In, in I, I like the idea we go, it's a missed opportunity not to reference one of your friends doing something disgraceful many, many years ago. <laughs> Probably a generation and a half ago. Oh, Anita, you let the side down. <laughs> and, and that's before we mentioned that he's a convicted murderer, of course, which is the other thing yeah. that we know about Leslie Grantham. They're, they're the only two Leslie Grantham facts. He, he, he got into a fight with a taxi driver in Germany. That's uh, right. And the taxi driver expired. I did not know. I have not done a deep deep enough Wikipedia dive to find out that he was a murderer. He stabbed him with his hooked hand. It was like, <laughs> it was, it was like a panto candy man. <laughs> but this isn't surprising from what she said. Do you remember where she said she went into real great detail? And this is what stuck out to me of all of the things she was saying about acting was that like he said one take. He just kept saying to her, one take. I remember Leslie said to me before we actually recorded it and we were doing that actual scene, he said, um, what do you reckon, how many takes? And I went, maybe two, maybe more if we're lucky. He went, one. I went, you think? He went, one. And then he slowly put his finger in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he slashed the table on a wall and then he murdered someone. That's... <laughs> Like you said, it felt like a rehearsal because when she was referring to that scene and how they did it, she threw tossed in another name that no one questioned and context is everything. And she said, well, you know, Julia was telling us that we could we could rehearse this scene. It was going to be, oh, that's great. Chris Ramsey asked her to explain what a two-hander was, mm. which, of course, is, is when two actors get the whole half an hour uh, together to do the... Um, it's not something Leslie Grant was, was doing. I was going to say, John, I was, I, was, not I was waiting was. for you to miss that and I was going to get very cross with you, but well done. <laughs> You picked it up. I, pull, I pulled it back. <laughs> I like Leslie well, Grantham. <laughs> anyway, so, so, yeah, she didn't explain what that was at all. Uh, so Chris Ramsey had to sort of jump in and explain it. But then she said, well, Julia had this idea. Now, it, was, um, it was a really important uh, sort of groundbreaking episode in soap operas because it was what they called a two-hander. Um, it was yeah. the first time they'd done it. Can you explain that for everyone? Well, it was uh, Julia's idea. Now, I, because of television, I know who Julia is 
in in the she was the producer of EastEnders, Julia Smith. Yeah. Right, I know that. I don't know why, uh, because I'm incredibly dull as a person. But the audience watching it wouldn't have a clue who Julie was, and it was never explained. Nobody picked it up. Is that it because sort of... it's a kind of lovey thing, though? From my small experience of spending time in theatres and with actor people, is that I think they sometimes forget that a world exists outside of the rehearsal room, um, yeah. you know, or the dressing room, or anywhere really. But like, there's <laughs> like that kind of feeling of like everybody knows everybody because we've all, you know kissed each other and performed with each other. I felt she was just being sweet in that way, but it kind of surprised me that the presenters didn't, yeah, like, had to kind of backtrack and explain. They had so little time to actually talk because she was so sort of, you know... Some people are very good at Zoom. They just... They're at home, they're relaxed, and they just don't let anyone have a gap for them to put their questions in. And that's why it's not quite so good on telly. Everyone's too relaxed. Guys, we have to talk about dope black dads, okay? Because... (laughs) Yes, we do. Which I know is a strong segue there that I've made that's pretty intense. With segues like that, you could present the one show, (laughs) mate. I think that's the subtlety of, like, yeah, if I was a white lady, that would have been bang on, no. (laughs) The last eight weeks have been some of the happiest for me, as my wife and I welcomed baby Zoe into the world. But it's also been touched with sadness. Once again, we're having to have the same conversations about racism as when I was a kid. I know that one day I'm going to have to have a chat with my daughter about what she could face. When I was young, I didn't have a positive black male role model as my father was abusive. I'd like to be the best role model I can for Zoe. Not far away, in northeast London, a group of dads come together to share their experiences for a podcast called Dope Black Dads. There was a very poignant moment that was, wasn't mentioned, and it was just something that absolutely stuck in my mind in this, was when they were talking, they were recording the um, Dope Black Dads podcast. The, the presenter, uh, Ashley, isn't it? Ashley John Baptiste, was talking about his daughter. And he was saying that... Oh, hello, Charlie. Have we, have we lost Charlie then? What I like to do is wait for poignant moments when white men are talking about race and then just leave. Can you hear me? It might be my internet connection. It looks like Leslie Grantham, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a real, really interesting bit, I thought, in the Dope Black Dads sequence, which, uh, I, I don't know, re- it was really powerful, but nobody mentioned it or or, or or chose to dwell on it or anything. But I, I thought, what a, what an interesting throwaway comment, yet that said so much. So um, Ashley John Baptiste is a presenter, as you were talking about, and he's, he's, doing, he's recording a podcast with these guys um, about um, what it's like to be black uh, for them with, and how they explain racism to their children and what age you should do that, especially with Black Lives Matter. Do you explain to them? Do you show them the video of George Floyd? Do you, how do you tell them that people could could hate them for the colour of their skin. How do you tell a child that? Really interesting discussion. And he said... I don't want her to be racially abused before I talk to her. And I thought, what a telling statement, because you should have ended that on abused. But it's all... As he rightly was saying, without meaning to, I think, it's a foregone conclusion she's going to be racially Mm. abused. Yeah. So before I talked to her... And that was a really powerful bit of television, being the one show they absolutely ignored and just threw away. But it was was really telling. I felt that those were the really moving moments. And I think what really connected with me was these fathers talking about, like, sort of being present and engaging in their, their daughters' lives, something which I've... And many comedians have never experienced. Um, so 
it was really nice to see like fathers talking like that but also it really hit to me the fact that they were going to have to like reaffirm who their children were and to tell them that the colour of their skin was beautiful and it just sort of reiterated it it was similar to like um, during this whole time I think it's weird that the one show never mentioned that some of the other shows like um uh, but maybe there wasn't time for that but like Blue Peter and stuff or other children's shows I'd seen had handled it so well in terms of like talking about it but like being sensitive to the violent aspects which I think that no child really needs to be exposed to yet and I thought that was another thing that I really hoped would connect with adults that have been screaming on social media of like the reality of like what is the impact on black people seeing their people in violent and situations this you know seeing these images circulating and all of this horror that how that scars you mentally as you're growing up I think was a really important and weighty thing and like it felt a little bit more held than the other things but definitely I felt could have been given more space and more more depth to it remember it's the one show you're never gonna get (laughs) which you're not gonna get (laughs) in a weird way that shows how how right on they are because they do treat everyone exactly the same which is not give them enough time or go into (laughs) enough specific detail yeah we'll be woolly about everything that's yeah that's that's fair that is fair I did there's one last thing that I actually I, I, I really liked which is I had a quick look at Esther Ranson's Wikipedia as well unlike the one show I'm doing thorough deep dives on things and uh, in 1966, Esther had an affair with the Scottish Tory MP, uh, Sir Nicholas Fairburn. And he uh, was uh, hes sort of a strange guy. He used to wear full Scottish tartan and sort of sporran to go to the House of uh, Commons. Um, my favourite things, two things about him that I love. He criticised Simple Minds and Annie Lennox for taking part in the Nelson Mandela 70th birthday tribute concert in 1988, describing them as left-wing scum. (laughs) And during debates in 1994 regarding the equality of age of consent for same and mixed-gender couples, Fairbarn was called to order after starting a description of anal sex. He then voted against equalising the age of consent. So there's two facts about Sir Nicholas Fairburn. By the way, if you type his name into Google, there's other allegations that come up very quickly, but he died before they could investigate them. So <laughs> knock, knock yeah. yourselves out. Again, no mention of that, Esther. Come on. Come on, Esther. <laughs> yeah, why would she not bring that up? Like, Look what we've put on your cake. It's, got, it's a cake full of teeth, but we've also put a depiction of anal sex on top made of icing. Thankfully, now you're 80, you don't have to worry about the same age if you want to have sex with someone. Um, you're very much out of that remit now. Congratulations. <laughs> Happy birthday. And there we cease and desist. Do please remember to leave this podcast quietly. This is a residential area. And please also remember to rate and review this podcast in Apple, although it has no discernible effect on anything like chart position. And while you're remembering both of those things, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. <laughs> Oh, hello.
Hello you, my name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Ruler Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting, because let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.